Welcome to the Roma Press Podcast with John Solano and Andy Mattioli. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Roma Press Podcast. I hope you are doing well, staying safe. I hope you had a very, very enjoyable, relaxing, and of course, safe new year. We have made it to 2021. Madonna mia, did not seem like 2020 was going to end, but thankfully we have made it. So for this episode, I'm first going to be joined by Twitter legend Fat Talti, a.k.a. Luke, and then Andy will be on and we discuss a variety of things, the transfer market, Fonseca, a couple of individual players too. Right before I bring Fat Talti on though, I just have to say thank you to our wonderful patrons over at Patreon. 2020 was difficult on everybody and your support throughout this past year means so, so much. So on behalf of Andy and myself, thank you all for allowing us to do this. Your support means everything and words cannot properly express how grateful we are so thank you oh so much let me bring luke on now and then it will immediately go into the normal episode with andy and myself so here is luke aka fat totti all right luke is back with me now aka fat totti i never know what to call you but we'll just we'll just go with luke this time although you're you're otherwise better known as fat totti so i i checked back the last time you and i spoke it was early november so before we got the news of tiago pinto being appointed as the new general director general manager i i still don't know what we're going to call him but for all intents and purposes the new sporting director at roma So let's start out with that. We can get to Fonseca in a minute because I know last time we chatted too, you were a bit down on Fonseca and the displays that Roma had earlier in the season. But given that we know now what sort of this new setup is under Friedkin, Tiago Pinto, he'll be here in the in the coming days whenever he gets, uh, or I'm sorry, whenever he tests negative for COVID, which is the most Roma thing of 2020. But What do you think? Um, we've had some time to digest it, but is there anything you've learned? Are you feeling different now than maybe you did when we initially heard the news a month and a half ago? Just your general thoughts. Pinto. Uh, intrigued, probably, because I think for most people, it's we were hearing the same names or even different names, like with that Bolt at the time, and then this guy pops out of nowhere and everyone, no one really knows anything about him. I only found a, one or two articles on him at the time. But since then, it's uh, just really waiting to sit for him to join and see what he delivers. Like We, we don't know what role he'll be uh, being at us, if it is the sporting director or just overseeing that. And then the club still gives more power to like a De Sanctis or sports or data or statistic-based recruitment and his demand that oversees it, which seems to be more like what he's had at Benfica in the sports section and then the football side. But it's, I think with, like with everything with with Friedkin, it's, it's the hope and the positivity moving forward that with someone new, you can see they're trying to instill their own way of doing things something that we didn't really have with Pelotta and I've, it's positive and it, I'm excited to see what him and the other new recruitment can deliver us 
Yeah, so I actually, initially it sounded like that they were going to bring in another name, but the, I don't know what you call it, like the company line that Aroma has been saying to everybody, all the media who has been asking, and I was told the exact same, is that Pinto is going to oversee the entire sporting structure at Aroma, and that essentially he's going to answer only to Dan and Ryan Friedkin. So... I don't know if this is necessarily like a Munchie type, but he is bringing in, bringing in a staff, so I guess that is somewhat reassuring. But from what we've seen from sort of the early uh, transfer rumors, is that giving you any indication one way or the other, whether it be positive or negative as to how you feel about him? Now, obviously, January is significantly different than than a summer transfer market, and given how bizarre this year has been this even the upcoming summer transfer market is going to be different than anything we've seen before so from some of the names that we have seen leak out you know somebody like a brian reynolds is that making you feel better less than thrilled about him what do you think uh, with names leaked so far off from someone like me up it's quite. I find it quite exciting because we've been linked to quite a few different names or youngsters with quite a bit of potential, and I enjoy that side of the transfer window season, summer and January. So, for me, it's. A, I think what we've been linked to and the profiles of the players are kind of what we need, and like a young right wing back. We've seen the the Reynolds, uh, Frimpong, the Montiel. I think those kind of players would excite me for that role compared to especially with to be replacing a Perez and Santon anyone's really a positive from that and then also with the forward links of El Sharawi and Bernard and those kind of I think for as you were saying with January it's uh, and then we're clubbing our situation and then it's that feel if you gamble to push for that top four, but then if you spend a bit more money and fail, and then financially it's a more of a burden you've put yourself in. So I think it's always going to be a hard one to to take charge of. But I think with what we've probably got at the club at the moment, then Pinto coming in, I think with the names we've been linked with, seems like a right winger and a forward will be the most likely moves we'll make in January. And with the names linked so far, I'd be pretty happy with it yeah I, I mean it seems to be going that way El Shadawi we're hearing a couple of different uh, viewpoints on this deal but I, I think it's pretty straightforward I think it will get done in the end the question I have for you though is goalkeeper I think this was something before the season I, I would say most of us were not not thrilled with the situation because we saw how Paulo Lopez performed <laughs> after the lockdown especially, and even before. We all know what happened last last January in the Derby. But for me, and maybe you disagree with this, but I, I feel as if that role should be sort of catapulted up the, uh, the wish list a bit. Or do, do you disagree with that? Do you think, you know what, get through this season with Mirante and hope uh, that, we, that we just sort of hang on with those two that we have currently at our disposal? Yeah, it's... Uh... Especially with how uh, the after the Napoli and Atalanta game from Mirante's oh, performance, it's uh, that that's just elevated the uh, the worries, emphasised that 
the potential need for a new goalkeeper with already what we've known from Lopez. But it it's a hard one because if if we had all the the money and everything, you'd I'd say one hundred percent you have to go and get yourself a goalkeeper because power we haven't been able to trust for the last year. And then now Miranda, especially with his injuries at his age, that's expected. But this dip in form in two big games, it's, it's he's not even as reliable as he was five, six months ago. So right. I, right. I do think that if there's an option to get someone, but then it's also the thing of who who's available and who's who we can get for the money that we'd be willing to spend, like being linked with Silvestri and yeah, be a great goalkeeper for us, but will Hellas want to let him go in January and then potentially restrict the amount of options we've got to pick from in January? So it's, I do think it's one of those that, on the basis of it, yeah, it definitely is a priority for us. But I think with the people in charge at the moment, I think they'll. What, I think they'll hang on to Mirante and Lopez until the end of the season and then potentially go for a bigger name in the summer, which would be easier to get. Oh, the prospect of that is somewhat terrifying, particularly when you see, as you said, I, I mean, Mirante looked every bit of the 37 years of age that he is in those two matches, especially Atalanta. I mean, Muriel looked like he... <sighs> tore the poor guy's Achilles. So when we last chatted, you weren't thrilled, I guess we could say, with the football that Fonseca was playing. Now, I would say at least on the whole, in the entirety, Roma, at least to this point, have exceeded most of everybody's expectations. How Have you changed your opinion on him? Do you, are you feeling any better for me, and again, maybe this is a bit unfair, but I feel as if this big match, his record against these big teams at some point has to change. Now, he's going to have plenty of opportunities after the break to do so, but that is still my concern with him. But are you feeling any better since the last time we spoke about Fonseca? Uh, yeah, I'll say I turned over a new chapter in that respect. With, <laughs> I, was being, I was being too... Uh, too negative or too critical and I realise that in some places I try to right my wrongs with that but I think they also did come in with a much better change in form in that October period where we started the Parma games, the Genoa games we started seeing a, a far more entertaining and a punishing team really we, we seem to be destroying teams especially the that Bologna first half performance is probably one of the best I've seen from any Roma team in the last four or five years. Mm. But yeah, I think I think what we're seeing with this team is, of course, the people would, would always the big games. The difference against the uh, top seven or six other teams in the league at the moment is a is a worry for a lot of people that you're seeing on Twitter at the moment. But I've always. I've been def- trying to defend him. I, you're looking at our record against uh, all the teams below us, except uh, out, out of the top seven. And then minus the Hellas Verona draw slash loss, we've been beating all of them. So 
I'd try to work it out so using the same trend against the smaller teams and the big teams with all games left for this round. Uh, so we've got Samp. Let's say we beat Samp, we beat Crotona, lose to Inter, lose to Lazio and beat Spezia. That's the first half of the season. We'd be on 36 points. And then if we replicated that for the second half of the season, so not beating any of the big teams, we'd end the season on 72 points, which four of the last five seasons would have been enough for top four. So that's never going to happen to completely replicate them. But it's potentially an issue. But I think if we're able to still beat these small teams as convincingly as we have, I don't think it's too big of a problem. I know it's... I know for like it's an obvious issue, but I think if if we're able to keep on this type of form that we've seen so far, I I think we could could survive. All right. So as far as the actual team that Fonseca has at his disposal, I think we're getting into an in- interesting sort of period here because when you add January to the mix, it sort of gives you the opportunity to assess where you are with some of these players and reinforce areas that you think we know need reinforcing. Now, from your point of view, the most, I guess, interesting or particular department of the pitch, in my opinion, for this aroma is the midfield. We all know they need a new right back. Karsdorp, I, I think at some point he will regress to the mean, as difficult as that is for me to say. I, I think he's performed well above expectations. But the midfield, it's interesting because I I think it's becoming clear what works and what doesn't. Pellegrini, he struggles up front to begin the season when he's playing behind Dzeko. He goes back to the midfield. He does well. But then Roma just seems to lack balance with him alongside Beata too. So they move him back up front for a couple of matches and Roma do well again. So I don't really know what to make of it. But as far as the midfield goes from your standpoint... Where are you with it? Because I, I, I think as far as like individual pieces go, I think they do have a lot of talent, but I, I think still finding the right mix has been difficult. Definitely. I, I uh, tweeted something out a few weeks ago. You, you look at our midfield and you see the way some of our fans talk about it. You've got some that love Diawara, some that say compare him to, uh, to like a Stefan... Poly for Bologna and then you've got others that love Veritu others that say he's overrated then you've got Pellegrini one that's always going to divide people and then with Villa some think he's overrated while some think he's the next Iniesta so it's always <laughs> it's one of those with ours I think, I think as you said we've got the talent there with individually you're looking at players like Pellegrini who's shown this season that he can offer a lot Veritu his record with his penalties is an incredible weapon and then even going forward arriving into the box he's been a, a key part of it and then Villa finally getting the game time starts in the league as well from he's been rewarded for some great performances I've, it's a hard one because he is talented and it's got but you do in some games, you just feel like there's something lacking there, and I don't, 
where we get that from and and if we add someone to it you restrict the game time of someone else so it's I, I do think in the summer something will be added and I do think an upgrade is needed in there but it's the issue of where how much of an up, upgrade do you need do you find uh, do you find the starting player do you maybe break if we get top four do you break the bank for like the pool and get a world class midfielder in there but then you then Villar's game time will probably be heavily reduced and then Pellegrini or Verity won't start or do you go and find a, another Villar and try and develop some kid for a year but automat- but then for the that six month you're going to not have an upgrade let's say on a Diawara for, for instance but in the long term you might so it's a hard one. It's I can understand why so many people have did have a difference of opinion on it. Well, I guess the the biggest question for me and it, it, for me is, and you you said it, Pellegrini, very um, divisive sort of player. <laughs> I don't know where he best fits now. If if you were to ask me, especially when you watch Roma against uh, Napoli or Atalanta, I think he and Veretu are too progressive to play alongside each other. They both like getting forward. I think VR is somebody who works best alongside one of those two. I, I, I don't think you can play against the big sides, at least, who are looking to to go on the attack, press you. I don't think Pelle, Pellegrini and, and Veretu is the answer. I guess just for this season, though, how how do you move forward in your opinion? Because I, I don't I don't know if those two necessarily fit that well. And then I, I still can't get out of my head how we saw Pellegrini performed when we moved him back back up top. I, I thought he did very, very well, which is somewhere he struggled with earlier in the season. But then you also have the part of, well, VR has been performing incredibly well. How do you hold him back? You would think that you would want to get him on the pitch as much as possible. Now, do I think he's in next Pizarro, as a lot of people have been alluding to? He's not there yet. He certainly has some similar qualities, but I just feel like he offers um, this sort of tactical discipline in terms of his positioning that the other two just don't have. So I guess as far as just for this season in the coming months and the coming matches, how does this team line up in your opinion or how would you line it up? Because I, I, I don't know if there is necessarily a, a a unilateral agreement between all the supporters as to what the best yeah, path forward uh, is for this season. As we've been saying, it's individually you've got three quality midfielders who all have talent and all shine in different areas and but when, it's when you bring it together and I think for certain games you've got like against the Bologna one when we saw all three of them play together I think that's a dynamic in that we could work with in certain games like uh, against a similar level of a Bologna but it, it's the thing against as we've seen with the big teams against the Naples against the Atlantas and it'll be I guess we'll see what they do against Inter and that's your in the coming weeks, but I'd, it's a hard one because I don't think you can take Veritu out of it just for the fact of what he offers to this team in terms of a an engine, penalties, arriving in the box, scoring goals, even though he's 
he's like as a hold at midfielder in front of the defence, like when he receives it and stuff, he's over the last year he's made so many errors leading to a goal from that. You kind of need him further away from our goal, closer to their goal. And then next to him, you've really got the choice of uh, Villar or Pellegrini. And as you said, potentially with Villar, you've got more of a positional discipline, someone who will sit a bit deeper. And then with Pellegrini, you've got someone who's a bit more creative and pushes forward and offers a bit more in terms of defensive work nowadays, as we've seen, is he's improved massively on putting his body around and stopping counter-attacks. And so I'll be, it's a hard one because you really, really, it would just be a question of experimenting. I know maybe we can't afford to do that with the games that we've got, but like against an Inter and a Lazio, you try a different combination and see what one, see what one works best because I think just, Picking it off the three players on an individual basis, we we all know that they're all talented, and so it's hard to know what makes the fit. And then you've even got if you can find a Diawara back into a a level of he seems anytime he's been injured or had COVID or when he returns, it takes him about six seven games to return to a decent level. So maybe now, hopefully, right. if he picks up bit of form, he could be. Because there was that period after, after the first main lockdown and the games returned in the summer, where him and Veritu looked like a incredible partnership in that midfield again. So it's, I do just think the next five six months, however long's left of the season, will be a quite heavily rotated midfield, and then based on form, seeing what partnership sticks. Andy, we find ourselves in the middle of the transfer market. The window is now officially open. And given what we've seen from this first part of the campaign from Roma, what should the needs be? You and I touched upon this briefly in the previous episode, but I I feel as if the things that you and I had discussed in, I don't know, October, like you and I were thinking maybe the midfield, maybe a right back. I feel as if those needs have drastically altered given what we've seen so far. Is that what you agree with? Or do you think, you know what? No, stick to what we originally thought. I, I, I think we, we have come to the conclusion that, um, you know, it, it, seem, it sounds odd even to say, but I think that our needs have accumulated because we find our, our, wow. ourselves right now in a position where uh, there are numerous concerns. And at the beginning of the season, you know, when we missed out on El Sharawi, that was our big priority to to get get El Sharawi back on track, back in the Roma shirt, and um, and we figured that would be it. That would be uh, sort of the the one move that would grant us, um, you know, a, a better chance at top four, um, whatever. And I think in in recent weeks, uh, we have come to realize that this team. It's not that this team is is weak or is um, you know is not good enough, but we've seen that this team right now is sitting currently third. Obviously, some teams have uh, a couple of games in hand, um, so that is bound to change. But we we find ourselves in a position that I I guess most of us did not expect um, Roma to 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 be in. So um, I think that the, that our needs have grown. 
significantly because of that. Because this is a Roma team that is competing like most other teams. You know, the first seven or eight teams are... I think are all out there competing for the same stuff really. And, um, and so you have to, it's, it's a matter of playing catch up, you know, if you can, if you can catch up to others, if you can do better than others um, in this weird uh, transfer market um, that is going to be the January one where, uh, you know, a, a lot of uh, sporting directors and owners um, most recently Percassi of Atalanta, you know, said that this is going to be more, more so than any other transfer market, this is going to be a lot of, you know, swap deals and, you know, plus Valenzas. And um, so this is, you know, it, it, I think that so far we have come to realize that our necessity lies in adding somebody, you know, a capable substitute along with um, Perez, because we've seen that Carlos Perez is probably the main guy up front who really has struggled to to find a consistency in his performances and hasn't been a valid substitute so far then you have the big worry of the goalkeeper where you sort of realize that neither Mirante nor uh, Lopez uh, uh, are are you know consistent again uh, can you know can be better than average um, that's a big problem going forward and then obviously you have the 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 question of the right back because you have Karsdorp who surprisingly has been one of the main bright spots in in recent weeks um but the the nagging question is how long can he last like that so it's an accumulation of different different uh very different roles um that Roma will need to address i don't think they will be able to fully address all of them um in this brief transfer market window but it, it is still worth uh, sort of realizing that this is a team that has potential but th- there are missing pieces indeed speaking of right back we all know this thing with Brian Reynolds in in essence, it's only been like a week or two since we really have known all of the details, but it feels like it's been going on for a month. So here's the situation. Uh, Ryan Friedkin, he was back in the United States along with Dan Friedkin and Mark Watts. They flew back on the 21st of December. And on Christmas Eve, Ryan himself met with uh, representatives from MLS and FC Dallas for Reynolds And they also met with Reynolds and his family. They didn't find a deal with anybody. Now, Roma, they've been in talks with, or I should say, they've been in negotiations for Reynolds since late November when Dan and Ryan, they flew back back to the United States from Rome. Um, So this is something that has been going on for one month, ever since... Ryan met with Reynolds representatives on the 24th on Christmas Eve. There has been no there has been no contact between Roma or the player or his representatives or MLS. So while they are technically still in the race, I, I don't see it going Roma's way. I think he's going to end up a Juve. Uh, Bruges is also interested in the player, but I don't think Roma are, are going to close the deal for him. I think it's gotten too expensive. Um, there has been talk, too, about Friedkin's not wanting to pay fees to the agents or the intermediaries involved in the deal. And there are, I, I think there's either four or five intermediaries involved in the deal. And 
Uh, there's one for Roma. There's another one for Juve. I think he's going to end up at Juve just because Juve has no issue with pay, with paying these agent fees. But that's that's not the reason why he isn't going to end up at Roma. I just think I think Juve came in. Maybe they gave him a more attractive proposal. Certainly higher wages. So I don't think he's going to end up at Roma. But given that, you also mentioned El Sharawi, Andy. I think this is a deal that will get done relatively quickly. I have a very, very, very strong source at Shanghai, his parent club, and they said there would be no issue in agreeing to a fee. Now, El Shadawi, about a month and a half ago, someone close to him told me that he would prefer a permanent move. He doesn't just want to do a loan away. He wants to leave the Chinese side permanently. I don't think that's going to happen in January. Maybe if he moves somewhere on loan throughout his loan spell, his brother, who is also his agent, can come to an agreement with with Shanghai as to uh, either a permanent move away, a contract uh, resolution was also talked about, but I don't know if if that's something that will get done this month. But anyway, I do think El Shadawi is going to come. I Again, uh, his brother, uh, Manuel El Shadawi, he's been telling people, well, Shanghai, they're... they're they're requesting a, a paid loan. We don't know who's going to be able to pay for that or who is willing to pay for that. I don't think there's going to be any issue. I think at the end of the day, Shanghai, they have already came to a gentleman's agreement with Stefan El Shadawi and his brother to allow him to leave so he can make the Euro squad for next summer. So I, I don't think there's going to be any problems for that. I, I think a lot of what we've been seeing over the past 48 hours, especially, has been very, very exaggerated. So let's just go forward on the assumption, Andy, that El Shadawi is one of the ones who arrives in January. Does that change your outlook for Roma from your perspective? I, I still can't help but feel that right back, I, I guess Karsdorp, I, I guess I could live with it. He has been performing well above the expected level. So how long can he keep it up? Is it sustainable? Obviously, that remains to be seen. I still feel as if the goalkeeper... I, I, I can't get over what I saw from Mirante, especially against Atalanta. I mean, Muriel made him look every bit of 37 years of age. And that has stuck with me. Correct. Um, because that's, you know, that's a position... The goalkeeper position is so key in those... When you, when you get into those little moments, those little moments that then make all the difference in the world... Um, you know, I, I, I touched upon this in, in the previous episodes, but we went from having people like Alison, who obviously, I mean, one of the best goalkeepers in the world, probably the best goalkeeper we will ever see uh, wear a Roma shirt. But still, I mean, you had someone in him who'd give you like 15 points or even more Um just by just by being a regular starter uh, as a goalkeeper, he'd save your ass on so many occasions. And then we just we just tumbled and 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 started, you know, losing left and right um, with with Olsen not being confident enough. Then you know, relying on Mirante, um, then bringing Paul Lopez for a, a pretty big fee. Uh, then Paul Lopez losing his confidence again, then Mirante gaining that confidence back, then losing it again. Um, it's 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 a position that 
if you want to finish in top four is always going to be key because um, other teams, aside from Inter, who I still don't know what Conte is doing by not playing Radu because week in, week out, he sees that Handanovic um, is really right now about the, you know, about retirement age. Um, uh, Handanovic should be serving hot coffee and not <laughs> playing starting minutes for, for Inter. Um because they are challenging for the Scudetto. The, the point is that that is a vital position, um, just as the right-back position is, and it's a position that we've struggled so for so long. Um, you know, you yes, you have Karsdorp, who's been delivering good performances. Um, obviously, his substitute right now is Bruno Perez, who I'm pretty sure you've changed your mind about him getting a renewal. I hope you did. I have, um, I have. Okay, good. Because you can't you can't start off to twenty twenty one with with uh, just no that no no. Mentality. I gotta I gotta write my wrongs, so I take everything <laughs> back. Okay, perfect. Well, then we we that's that's about it. I mean, that's you know those are our main concerns. My main concern is still uh, figuring out this Diawara situation. I think that is something that we we need to uh, come to to terms with. What is the the future there? Uh, because I really wouldn't want to have this burden upon this team uh, going forward for the remainder of the season of this player who's unhappy, um, you know, out of, you know, out of shape or whatever, and is just, you know, sitting on the bench. I can't have that. I need valid contributions in the midfield, especially when, you know, our alternative, the only alternative there is, is VR who's doing a tremendous job, but he can have his ups and downs. He's young. He's, you know, he's, he, this is his first real season in major league football. So um, I, I think that is another area of concern to me for, for this January window. What to do with, with Diawara? What is his mentality going into this transfer market window? Is he hoping to get sold? Is he co- hoping to get loaned out? Or is he willing to adjust to, to, to improve his performances and, for example, play a key role in, in the Copa games and in, in the Europa League and so on? Somebody in our patron group just sent me a message and asked if we are going to be addressing Zaniolo's situation with Sarah. Um, no. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't want to get into that even... No. I can think of about half a dozen other things, including a kick to my groin that I yes. would prefer to do in this very moment. I am not getting into that. <laughs> I, no. I, I'm going to pretend I didn't even receive that message. Back to Diawara. <laughs> Diawara. Yeah. I don't even know what you do with him, to be honest. I, I really don't. I know we both mentioned it a couple of times, but you know what really sucks is that his best moments are interrupted by these unexpected and unforeseen either injuries right. or COVID. And the unfair part this time, though, is last season, Roma really didn't have a valid alternative when Diawara was 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 injured. So when he came back, he was just thrust back into the position that he was at. Well, now with VR, you have somebody who is not only a valid alternative, but also an extremely exciting prospect. So... <laughs> The thing is, though, like Diawara, when he was good, he was really, really good. And part of me wants to hold on to that and not just cast him aside. No, for sure. But I know we've said this in the last like three episodes in a row, but you just have you you can't not play VR in this moment. You just you can't. Correct. 
Yeah, you have to. I that's the problem is, and that's why I'm 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 talking about this is that you know we this team again needs everybody ready on the get go because in this this season you can you you can face a number of problems with Zaniolo's injury. You already have a hole in the middle that you're trying to sort of patch up with with uh, the likes of Mkhitaryan and Pedro, really uh, even Pellegrini playing in that that similar role uh, of Zaniolo um and and then you have you know the possibility of a player uh, testing positive for covid so that you know that all that is always going to be uh, uh, the, the sort of this terrible looming cloud over you and and it's always going to be a problem so you need players who are ready players who are willing to to accept the roles and 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 play when when given the chance for and and so far Diawara hasn't been that guy so far he has struggled uh, in the few performances that we've seen him since his return post covid um he was nowhere to be found actually he made some really glaring mistakes and you could never really find a string of games where you could just let him play off, you know, like get him back into uh, the the rhythm of things. Um, because you, 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 Roma this season can't afford to take chances. So you have a weird situation where, yes, uh, VR is ex- exceeding expectations, putting in great performances. At the same time, you, you know, him and Vertu bound, are bound to be tired, are bound to make mistakes. And you want that man off the bench to make an impact, to to uh, you know alleviate the the, the workload. And um, right now we don't have that with Diawara. It's a, it's a bit of a uh, it, and it's a vital position because uh, I think Roma uh, have have struggled. The one thing, the main thing that have struggled this season, and, and so really uh, for the past few seasons, is to 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 find to fill in that hole between the defense and the midfield. And um, I think that VR has done brilliantly at that um really sort of setting the tempo for the team uh you know putting extra coverage on for the defense and uh if you can't if you can't have a replacement that does similar things then you're bound to be in trouble so before we go we've seen decent sample size of this first part of the season with roma we both said fifth place to, uh, before the start of the season, we we thought they would finish outside of the Champions League. Has that altered for you in any way? Now that we've sort of had a week here to sort of digest everything that we've seen and take stock of where the team is at, I, obviously they're sitting in third, far beyond what I would have expected at this point. Yeah, it, it's true that Roma are right now in a position, you know, it, it are where they are thanks to really some standout performances besides the. <laughs> The big games that we have failed so far and, uh, you know, a lot of these unexpected wins against smaller sides that we have always struggled to to, to create, to score against. And, and now we're just like we have we, we slice through them like like a hot knife through butter. And we find ourselves in a position um, that, you know, allows us to, <laughs> to hope uh, for for uh, an equally good uh, conclusion to the season. The, the, the fact is that yes, we we are we count on players that I think are are exceeding expectations. Even listen, even even really talented players like Mkhitaryan, um, like Pedro, uh, then like Jeko, these are guys that are 32, 33, 34 years of age, 
and and they're playing week in, week out, and it's going to get worse because you're going to have the Coppa Italia starting soon. You're you're going to have more Europa League games. You're going to be traveling all over the place. That it, That's going to take a toll on you, especially if your alternatives are, yes, Borja Mayoral and Carles Perez. That is, no matter what happens, that is going to have a toll on you. And I think everybody is on the same boat because... Um, Inter don't have anybody up there besides uh, Lukaku and and Lautaro. Same as uh, Juve, don't have anybody up there besides uh, Morata and Cristiano. Uh, so obviously we're talking about you know different 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 teams with different objectives. But everybody's missing some pieces, and now it's who can get the the the, the piece that that fits in best and that helps them to take that extra step and yes this Roma team um, has done great but I think the big 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 test starts right now in January when every year we've you know we've seen it for the past few seasons we've seen this team just collapse get tired get injured this is where this is the the month where we lost Diawara where we lost Pellegrini and and it's always going to be that way for 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 most teams because this is where you know the players get exhausted and and then the weather doesn't help it get it gets cold the muscles stop working and so on and so on so it's going to be problematic do i think that they have enough um to make it to top four i guess you know i guess this is i think i don't think anybody has the answer for that i think we'll find out till the you know in the final days of the season um because i think the the, the january by itself is, is a whole league of its own it's it's teams really trying to regain the momentum after a short but decisive break trying to get accustomed to 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 new conditions to new circumstances new players coming in it, 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 it's difficult but it's do it's doable it's doable and I don't think that there is any reason for us to to say okay we'll give up Coppa Italia right now or, or some of that stuff that comes later if if it comes at all okay uh, th- this is the time where it's let's win these games against these teams that um, are are far below us, and and we should expect a win against Samp. We should expect uh, res- good results in the upcoming weeks. Yeah, for sure. And even against Samp, on paper, Roma is significantly stronger than Ranieri's side. But there's going to be some absences. Pedro isn't going to be there. I think Calafiori he was injured in training as well. So. Roma, they're really going to have to deal with some of these absences. Spinazzola as well, Mirante. So this weekend is another test. So we will keep our fingers crossed. That is where we are going to leave it for this episode. We will be back on Monday following the match against Sampdoria. As always, thank you so, so much for listening. Truly, 2020 was a absolute nightmare for just about everybody. And I hope Andy and myself were able to bring you some lightness and perhaps serve as a bit of a distraction from the harsh realities that we dealt with in 2020. And also, Andy, thank you to you. I don't know what the exact number of episodes that you and I are up to now doing this, but this is something I thoroughly enjoy doing. It is sort of your outlet and my outlet to vent our frustrations or rejoice in the good moments and this continues to be thoroughly enjoyable doing alongside with you so i appreciate it 
everybody. Again, we will be back on Monday following the match against Sampdoria. We wish you a very, very happy, a very healthy, and a very, very much improved 2021 for you and those close to you. So thank you for tuning in. We will be back in a few days. Buon anno a tutti. Ciao. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. 